shot, score! Dorofiev, two goals. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. The horn sounds and this game is over. The race for the Pacific Division is over and the race for Western Conference supremacy is over. The Golden Knights are number one in the Western Conference for the first time in franchise history. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, live inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Let's go. We are closer to game time than we normally are when we start off the VGK Insider Show uh, at T-Mobile Arena because it is a 6.30 start tonight. Keep that in mind if you're coming down to the game or you're making your plans in around running the kids uh, to the activities and dinner and uh, et cetera. 6.30 start tonight. You can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet. You can listen to it in Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas. All your regular outlets uh, are available, but the start time is moved up slightly for the debut in the Stanley Cup playoffs of Jack Eichel and the return of Mark Stone, along with the first ever Stanley Cup playoff start by Lauren Brassois. It's storylines galore for the Vegas Golden Knights ahead of game number one, as you've just touched on. Jack Eichel has waited a long time for this moment, this game, that first shift. I cannot wait for this game to start, and yet here we are. We're still a couple of hours away. Fifth time in six years that the Vegas Golden Knights are in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but coming off a silent spring a year ago. And Winnipeg's in the same boat. Mm. Uh, They've made the playoffs five of the last six years, did not qualify uh, last year. So both teams are satisfied in achieving the number one goal, and that's getting to the field of 16. Winnipeg took a more uh, circuitous uh, route to uh, this place. Uh, Vegas had a flat spot in the middle of the season, but comes out on top in the Western Conference and uh, first place in the Pacific Division. Uh, But both clubs had high expectations coming into the year. Mm -hmm. That, That was noticeable. Both have new coaches uh, uh, behind their bench uh, compared to this time last year. And now you do just see what you got. The standings say Vegas is a favorite. Yeah. The individual talent tells you Winnipeg can score. Mm Mm-hmm. They can put the puck in the net. Yeah. And they've got a Vesna caliber, Vesna trophy winning goaltender in Connor Halleback. So there's different sides of the game that are tilted to either team. Vegas, with their depth, I love. Mm-hmm. No sport, uh, we talked about this with John Shannon, is influenced by the best player on a team uh, less than hockey. And Vegas still has a lot of good players. But the uh, the depth that they have to, to roll on, uh, we'll, we'll see how much of an advantage that is compared to what is a pretty significant drop-off in the in the final six or to final three uh, lines of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, you're right on the money there in that it's going to be a series to me that is determined by depth versus high-end scoring, and, and that's really what it comes down to. For the Winnipeg Jets, you're going to be looking for the likely suspects to be the ones that are in on most of the scoring. Josh Morrissey is going to be an important factor in this series for Winnipeg. 
Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Scheifele, Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, those are names that keep coming back, keep coming back. Those are the guys we expect to score for Winnipeg. But once you get past that, it becomes a little bit more murky as to where those extra goals are going to come from. With the Golden Knights, you look at everything that they've got right now, the, the 12 forwards that we expect to be in the lineup, there's production from everywhere, up and down the lineup, all four lines, all three defensive pairs. The Golden Knights have been getting that offense all year long. The amazing part is five minutes into the first period, mm-hmm. none of it means anything. <laughs> That's probably true. No, like none of it counts for a load of beans. Yeah. And yeah. you just go off of the product on the ice and the adjustments made by the head coach. Mm-hmm. And that will be in period, in game, to game to game, to in series. Uh, that you'll see different twists and adjustments uh, by the team. This is as healthy as Vegas has been. Yeah. That is one thing that, uh, that bears mentioning over and over. The... Players that have been taken out of the lineup, a lot of them regulars throughout this season, a lot of them have been impactful players even during the great stretch run. Mm -hmm. They helped jumpstart this team to a first-place standing in in the Western Conference. But the return of, on the defense, Shea Theodore, Zach Whitecloud recently uh, on the blue line. Mark Stone coming in uh, up, up front. Uh, Will Carrier, who skated today in a non-contact sweater, but skated with the group for the first time. He looks like he's edging towards. He's the only skater that is not available yeah. in this game. Skater Logan Thompson's not uh, not on the ice as a goaltender, but they only have one skater not available. That is training camp ask mm-hmm. uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, and it really didn't necessarily look like for a while we would get here when it comes to the Golden Knights and their health but the fact that you're getting Mark Stone back tonight the fact that you were able to get Zach Whitecloud back when it didn't look particularly good in Dallas and now you've got the addition of Will Carrier in a non-contact jersey but skating with the team Bruce Cassidy has so many options right now in front of him as to which players which combinations what the lines can look like And for a Golden Knights team that has battled through injuries for the last two seasons, the fact that their health is coming together right here on the cusp of the playoffs, it has to make you feel incredibly optimistic. Well, considering that uh, that Mark Stone doesn't have to be the guy. Yeah. And I was just asked uh, over on the ESPN side in Cofield and Company uh, about whether the timing's right for him to come back in or whether you would wait and get him uh, some more reps in practice. Mm -hmm. And uh, considering how great the team has been playing uh, down the stretch to lock up that uh, that Western Conference position. My feeling is it's it's the perfect time because you're not leaning on him heavily as opposed to if you were ever down in a series and the expectations on him to come in after three months and change being out and and really uh, put that on his shoulders unfair. Yeah. So this this is a great time when they are healthy, they are going in a positive direction. And you don't have to put all of those expectations to turn around a line. Get a centerman going. Get the power play uh, turned in, in the right direction. He can just seamlessly merge in and go along with the flow, which physically and mentally has to mean a bigger advantage for Mark Stone. Yeah, you're wading into the waters when you have a full complement around you. And I think for the Golden Knights, if there's one thing we've learned about this team all season long is that they have had great depth, tremendous depth, and they haven't needed to 
or relied upon just one individual or two individuals to push them through. So for Mark Stone to get his feet wet here, game one of the playoffs, you never really know what's around the corner, and you might need those reps in-game to catapult Mark Stone into a position where he's playing on a top line with Jack Eichel and you need that combination to, to power you through a series so the more reps you can get Mark Stone in game action at this intensity to me the better yeah he's going to hit the ground running mm-hmm. and that treadmill is going a thousand miles yeah. an hour yeah and it's going to be that way for Mark it'll certainly be impactful on the adjustment for Jack Eichel to go into his first Stanley Cup playoff game. Mm-hmm. Michael Amadio, he's played one playoff game in his career, mm-hmm. and that was five years ago. Yeah. So he, he's going to be somewhat new to this to this process of, of, of getting into the, the flow of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, I think uh, you've got enough experience that can get you through those, those early nervousness or adjustments uh, that you're going through. But Mark Stone, if should this team go deep Mm -hmm. you have to consider him to be part of the load that uh, that carries the 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 squad because uh he's just he means so much special teams uh, defensively enthusiastically leadership Mm -hmm. and high level skill he was having a career year when, when he went out with the back surgery yeah you're right and and i think that's kind of you know the the most important thing or the most important factor for me in getting mark stone into the game as soon as possible game number one is that when when you come back from an injury there's always going to be an adjustment period always going to be a, a length of time to get your game back and i don't know if there's an exponent you put on it when it comes to playoff hockey but for Mark Stone to get his timing back, to feel like himself on the ice, it's going to take some time. So you want Mark Stone hitting his stride if possible when you're getting into elimination games, when you're getting into situations where you can close out a series, when you're deeper in the playoffs. So the more time, the more Mark is able to get himself into and up to speed at this level, I think it's going to serve the Golden Knights well because there will be a point in time where you're going to look to Mark Stone and you're going to look to him to put the team on his shoulders. He's done it before, and I think he'll do it again. He's got the opportunity to lean on his teammates because they've played so well, and he watched them accomplish uh, what uh, is an amazing rebound from mm-hmm. a year ago to the top of the Western Conference and winning the division. But let me, let me phrase it this way. When you look at Winnipeg, if Winnipeg's going to win this series and go on a deep run, mm-hmm. Who has to be great? Who do you expect to be great uh, from, from the Winnipeg Jets? Where there's no debate, they have to be in that mix. It's Shifley. Mm-hmm. It's Morrissey. Mm-hmm. It's Kyle Connor. Yep. Uh, and then you get to, I don't know what Blake Wheeler will do or won't do. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, I worry about uh, his health. But there's yeah. there's three guys. And Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're, there's the big four. With Vegas, I don't know whether you can nail it down to four i think i think it's unfair to five or six other guys Mm -hmm. and i don't even know whether it's fair to the four that you would pick because because there's so many other places that this team can get offense and and contributions this team can go deep without a goaltender that's in any type of consummate trophy conversation you have to stop your, your pucks mm-hmm. that, that you're expected to. You have to be consistent. You might use multiple goaltenders, 
but that's the way it's set up. Uh, you still have to be really good, and mm-hmm. we've seen Connor Hallebuck uh, uh, be matched by the play of, of Lauren Bersois this in the last uh, ten games that he's played. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that that Bersois is that out of uh, of his level because he has been uh, certainly uh, playing the best hockey of his career. But on the blue line, is it Shea Theodore? Mm-hmm. Is it Alex Petrangelo uh, that 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 get going? Uh, there's there's two choices there. Winnipeg sure. doesn't have that uh, uh, up front. Who's who's the number one line? Is it Chandler Stevenson with a healthy Mark Stone? Who's going? We know what they can contribute. Mm-hmm. Jack Eichel uh, playing with Jonathan Marchstone, Ivan Barbershop. They've been really really good, and I don't think there's a question that Riley Smith and William Carlson uh, have been playing their best hockey in a, a while, and they've been on stretches, but they've been dominant. Uh, for the for the final twenty games of this season, now have Phil Kessel on their wing, uh, with with Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar and Brett Howden on the fourth line. Yeah, I mean you can make a, an argument and a case for all of them, right? I, I think that's kind of the the story with the Golden Knights. And you know, as you mentioned, Will Carrier, we not in the lineup tonight, obviously skating. But you look at his sixteen goals through the regular season. I don't think anybody had that as as something that you'd expect from Will Carrier going into the season. You all you get him back. And you just you you recognize how much offense there is everywhere, uh, throughout the lineup for the Golden Knights. Now, I think Jack Eichel is going to get a lot of the emphasis when it comes to the Golden Knights. Players you want to perform, players you want to maybe lead your team in scoring throughout a, a deep playoff run. I think Jack Eichel catapults to the top of that list alongside, say, a Mark Stone or Chandler Stevenson, because we know what Stevenson is alongside Stone. But from there. I think you can make an argument that Riley Smith can get hot and go on a heater. Jonathan Marchessault has done it before. William Carlson has been a big playoff performer for this Golden Knights team and has has factored in so many different ways. And I think Nick Waugh, if he continues to be the pivot on that fourth line, that could be a line that chips in a lot of really important goals for Vegas. If he stays on the fourth line. Yeah. Or he moves around because there's going to be different uh, flips uh, throughout this year. It's just the the deepest team that I've seen. the club that went head to head with Colorado a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, to tie for the uh, for the President's Trophy didn't win the President's Trophy because of the tiebreaker. But yeah. uh, uh, that team, I think, was the most dynamic, uh, the most offensively talented team. Yeah, uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, that first year team, well, was a storybook uh, club. This this team really does reflect that expansion team far more than any other that, that we've seen. With the depth, uh, the blue line is arguably the best in the National Hockey League, and then uh, goaltending that can complement it uh, throughout throughout the year uh, based on the five goaltenders that won games, which is a credit to the goaltenders, mm-hmm. yes, but also uh, to this team and being able to figure it out. And, and Bruce Cassidy coming in here. But both these coaches, yeah. by the way, have, have gone to the Stanley Cup final in the last mm-hmm. five years. Mm-hmm. And with different teams. Yeah. Yeah, and, and again, like, I, everything has been kind of where you'd hope it would be for the Golden Knights. In the reset in the offseason, bringing in Bruce Cassidy, making some decisions in, in player personnel, coming into the season with renewed focus, a new system, and Bruce Cassidy, a refreshing voice. I, I really believe that. And what the Golden Knights have been able to do is put together a fantastic regular season and I look at Bruce Cassidy as such an important key to this because, as you mentioned, Darren, there will be adjustments not just in the context of a series game to game, 
but period to period. We have seen Bruce Cassidy pull different strings. We've seen him abandon or go away from certain matchups or pairs if it's not working. And I think the way that Bruce thinks about the game, how, how important it is for him to come up with a game plan that he knows his team can buy into and execute that will give them the best chance to win, I can't wait to see how Bruce coaches his team through this playoffs. Well, they're not matchup dependent either. They can roll anybody against the other team's top players. And that's the beauty of their depth. Defensively yeah. and up front. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable with how they can play the game and they can defend uh, by taking care of the puck first and foremost and then uh, when they when they don't have the puck. So it's, it, it's, I think it's going to be a longer series than a lot of people anticipate mm-hmm. uh, because of the Western Conference number one seed against the number two wildcard club, uh, one versus eight matchup in the Western Conference. Uh, I, I, I do think Winnipeg's had stretches this season, which had them uh, in contention with the upper echelon uh, of the talented clubs in, in the Western Conference. Didn't finish that way. Uh, what, they finished 14 points behind Colorado in the Central, yeah. but they were ahead of them for yeah. uh, like into the new year. Uh, so I, I don't want to underestimate uh, or disrespect uh, Winnipeg's uh, chances, but if you play your game and you play uh, the way that uh, that we saw them really get dialed in mm-hmm. and ditch any stubbornness, uh, in, to use the word of, of Bruce Cassidy, uh, then you, you, you saw a team that was pretty effective against anybody, whether it's the Floridas, the Tampas, uh, the Bostons uh, this season, or uh, a team like, uh, like the Winnipeg Jets earlier in the season. For the Golden Knights, I, I think you're, you look at this team and they understand that their game can beat the best in the league. Their game has made them one of the best in the league. And I think for this team, the buy-in we saw after the trade deadline and really after the, the bye week and the All-Star break uh, propelled them to this spot. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a tougher series on the whole for the Vegas Golden Knights, but I also think that it's a series the Golden Knights will eventually win, and it's something that will set them up to to kind of roll into their next series. I really believe that. Uh, power plays will have an impact. We saw that last night. There's a bunch of power play goals <laughs> scored. Yep. Half of them yeah. uh, of, the, of the 20 goals that were scored in the Stanley Cup playoff opening night with the four series that got underway. Uh, Vegas should be able to limit that. I don't know how, what the standard will be. It'll take uh, a couple of games for each team to, to really get into uh, a motion where you understand where the, the standard is going to be called by, by the officials. But Winnipeg's the, uh, uh, a team that can give you fits on the power play, but Vegas is a club that doesn't take many penalties mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So that's where you, can, you have to rely on your discipline uh, to be able to, to mitigate that factor. If you're not going to have a, a top power play, then you have to take the other team's power play out of the mix. And that's by not taking penalties. And that's where I think Vegas can really win the special teams battle by not taking as much penalty, many penalties. Three, three a night, mm-hmm. that's, that's the, the goal right now. To anything lower than three is, quite frankly, uh, <laughs> just below uh, any expectations. It's it just... Does, doesn't work in, in, in this environment. But if you can if you can keep the team, the other team, to three uh, mm-hmm. a, a night, I, I think uh, uh, with the way that the Golden Knights play five on five, it's there. That's going to be a big key for me. In that, when you get when you get to the end of the series, I think for the Golden Knights, in terms of power play production or special teams production, 
you saw off with the Winnipeg Jets, I think that that's a win. It's a net positive, obviously, for the Vegas Golden Knights because I do think that their five-on-five game is going to be better and will match up well against Winnipeg. So the more you can keep the series five-on-five, the the more advantage I believe you have as the Vegas Golden Knights. But one other thought on it is is you've got Mark Stone returning to the ice and returning to the power play for the Golden Knights. Timing's gonna gonna be something that that takes Mark a little bit, but I do believe that the the player the Golden Knights need the most to unlock their power play, to make their power play a weapon in the playoffs, is Mark Stone. And the more comfortable he gets there, I think the more production you're going to find. Well, how many goals does Phil Castle have in his career? Like more than 400. 400, yeah. yeah. He's not in the power play yeah. right now. He's yeah. not in either unit. That That's the impact of Mark Stone coming back is it, it moves uh, some other players around and it moves them down uh, the lineup. Will Phil Castle see power play time throughout these playoffs? Yes. Uh, but uh, that's the, the, the real impact of uh, a wah being back, of a stone being uh, on the ice, of a Theodore uh, being available to this team, uh, that, uh, that you've got those different areas that, that you can go. I'm, I'm excited, though, for, for both these teams, both these fan bases. Uh, I think it's uh, a chance to reset the clock a little bit. Uh, Winnipeg's on a shorter window. Certainly, with the the contracts that that, that they're looking at, and the different type of uh, uh, potential uh, movement that, that that lies ahead with uh, a Dubois and a Shifley and a, 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 a Blake Wheeler, uh, Connor Hellebuck uh, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, there's there's definitely scuttlebutt about uh, the long term availability of him uh, to want to sign in Winnipeg and what kind of money he's going to look forward to. But uh, but both these teams uh, are, are in fan bases are two of the most uh, vibrant and uh, expressive mm-hmm. uh, in the National Hockey League and whatever venue it's it's in it's it's going to be great theater it's going to be rocking here um, I I know the whiteout it's going to be fantastic for games three and four up in Winnipeg and I, I just think that you're going to have electric atmospheres in every single game this series you've got two fan bases that are absolutely die hard when it comes to their teams and I think for the Winnipeg Jets and their fan base, like they, they, they understand what's at stake here for this club. It feels like the end of an era. Regardless of what Winnipeg does, however far they go or however short this run is, it does feel like this might be it for the core. For that group, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for this group, uh, you've got uh, some really uh, good contracts and some long-term contracts that keep everybody in place, and then you can celebrate uh, uh, and, and enjoy this ride. There's, I walked into the building uh, a couple of minutes ago, mm-hmm. and they've got the uh, the tattoos going out there with Revolt <laughs> tattoos, and uh, the uh, Joey Hamilton's doing those yeah. uh, out, out in the plaza, and you can get your, your free VGK tattoo mm. uh, with uh, one of the logos, as long as it's uh, a Vegas logo. Uh, it's free of charge. There's kid tattoos out there. You, Did you get, get one? Uh, uh, no, it didn't, because uh, I had to get in here for you Come guys. On. And then I did that uh, Cofield, too. You had uh, a chance. 101 Barbershop. want to mention uh, them. Yeah. Uh, they're providing uh, playoff beard trims and hmm. hair designs. So, Chapman, it's there for <laughs> you. You can get Vegas <laughs> cut into the side of your head. Yeah, uh, somehow I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that would probably be kind of weird no, in the no, press no, box. No, 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 no. Well, okay, maybe in the press box. Like, I could I, imagine me asking Bruce a question after the game and he'd be like, what <laughs> what the hell is that in the side of your head? I mean, Well, compared we, to some of the stuff you've worn to press conferences. Well, listen, he, he, he took a shot at the Jets, Took. Uh, he, he, he liked the Jaws t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think this would be right 
in your trend? I can't say it's not going to be an improvement, Chapman. Well, yeah. When when yeah, the the, the look I've got going on right now is not not a great one, but uh, about gold glitter, idea. gold glitter in your hair. They're, no, they're that no, no. Oh, are you serious? One on one bar. Oh, Ryan's Ryan, yeah. Ryan, you should do that in your beard. That's what I was thinking. Yes, yeah, that's what I've been asked a couple of times to do that. Actually, who uh, who in the Vegas Golden Knights do you think by the end of it mm-hmm. has the best playoff beard? Because there's Ooh. playoff beards, and then there's, like, unkept anarchy yeah. in the beard. Um, I feel like the only answer here is Alex Petrangelo. But that's just because I can envision Alex Petrangelo with a beard. Like, I know he can grow a full beard. So if he lets it go, it's going to be absolutely immaculate. That's Phil crazy because that's what I was thinking, oh, too. Yeah. Phil okay. Kessel okay. got the most votes. In and around the room <laughs> because of what he can, one, grow, and just the pure looseness of it. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Beard freedom. Yeah. Uh, Zach Whitecloud said uh, he's he has trouble with the facial hair. Uh, I was talking to uh, Alec Martinez. He wasn't uh, – Thinking that, and he's he's gone deep, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but he he can't measure up to the just uh, uh, freedom of of a beard <laughs> and everything going everywhere. Yeah. What about uh, Laurent Brossois? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I he's got the beard all the time. Yeah, but now so, he can so just now let I it go. See, see so, what happens when it just goes. Now with goaltenders, I always wonder when does it become uncomfortable and weird in the mask, where it's just. Or it makes the mask not fit properly, I, like that. That part, that's where I go with goaltenders. I know that uh, uh, Leonard had uh, some crazy, messy beards uh, back in back in his day, but that's that that's with goaltender. But Petro and mm-hmm. Kessel mm-hmm. were were one two, but Kessel definitely. And there was a debate. Here's here's the <laughs> other uh, debate that uh, that you guys can weigh in. Yeah. When do you start the playoff beard? Because even mm-hmm. the players were torn on this or were uh, not in the same page did the playoff beard have to start the day after the regular season ended does the playoff beard start sometime over the course of the weekend like you have freedom to do that or should the playoff beard really start today like you have a fresh shave today and then it just goes and as a Canadian who's followed Beards forever, mm-hmm. the Stanley Cup playoff beards, and yeah. I'll tell you a story about the uh, about uh, who doesn't like them uh, in just a little bit. But uh, I I don't know when the proper time is to start them. Yeah. Guys shave them as soon as they're eliminated in the locker yeah. room. Yeah, I, I, I've been there, Detroit, when they were winning Stanley Cups, beside Brendan Shanahan as he was shaving, and he was worried that the trainers were going to give him great grief because yeah. he didn't clean the sink uh, outline like it's <laughs> it's off immediately but i don't know when the official or is there an official start to the playoff beer process i don't think that there's anything official i i am open to a degree to say any time after the end of the regular season and before your playoff game your first playoff game starts is is workable you can you can talk me into it but i i feel like it's got to start the day that you play your first game to me today is the beginning of the playoff beard for these players that that's how i would look at it i would probably if i liked shaving and i don't 
I would probably just wait until that, that one day I'd get the razor out, I'd do the thing that I got to do, and then I'd just let it go from there. Now, just a bit of a, not inconvenience, but a process that got in the way of starting it too early was the team picture was held on, on Saturday. And so you got to be, you got to be somewhat cleaned up for that before you go into it. And do I you? Loved, I do you know? If, if, if a beard is a part of who you are as a person, no, but you it's can, fine. You, can, you gotta, you gotta clean it up. Yeah, but you're not going to like go unruly in three days. I can go on really in three days. Okay, let's see you in three yeah, days. Yeah, come on, man. I'm like a chia pet. Yeah, Whoa. right. No, you're not. <laughs> not even close. Boing, it's there. Uh, okay, that was not a good cut. That chat. Imagine boing, the chia pet. Yeah. <laughs> please, please turn that into a into a the, drop. You gotta have the good look for the team picture. I I want to see the one of the great uh, visuals is the start, and then the end. <laughs> yeah. What people look at now. Yeah. Now here's here's the National Hockey League. The head office, the corporate folks, mm-hmm. they're not real big on the beards. Okay. It's a tradition, mm-hmm. and it's unique to hockey. I love it. But they don't like the beards. Right. Do you know why? Probably because it it takes away the ability to market or, or, or see the player for what they usually look like on a day-to-day but basis. Sidney Crosby mm-hmm. doesn't look anything like Sidney Crosby. <laughs> He looks like Sidney Crosby when, when with he's, sort of a beard. When he's uh, uh, playing in January as when he's hoisting the Stanley Cup. Like, you know what I mean? Like, star, the, the stars don't look like themselves sure. when they're, in, they're the most important point. When, when you're getting other people to tune in and, and you're selling these stars, they don't look like themselves. So in, in next October, yeah. when they're doing the player media tour, they don't look anything like what they did when I, they celebrated. That's, that's that's why the marketing people aren't big on the playoff beard process. Fine, but if you want to see what it looks like to go two months for an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup, you look at what those players look like at the end, what they've gone through. They wear it through their physical appearance, beard included. I think it's, it, it sells just how important and just how much of a slog and just how hard it is to win a Stanley Cup. And... It's unique to mm-hmm. our sport, yeah. which is awesome. Uh, we'll break down this series in a little more detail, plus one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League. Four series underway. Uh, home teams uh, splitting things last night with the road clubs. We'll get into it. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas bringing you the VGK Insider Show live from T-Bowl Arena in Section 104. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Great atmosphere outside T-Mobile Arena. The doors will open at the Fortress 90 minutes before game time throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, but the party at Toshiba Plaza has really got underway uh, with the uh, one-on-one barbershop and the uh, tattoos uh, being uh, put on out there, both for the kids and some some ink uh, being put on you. As long as you get a VGK logo, Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, free of charge. It's awesome uh, what's what's going on out there. Uh, Inside, we're sneaking up on game time, which is 6.30, and you can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet uh, if you're not here and you're on your TV set or you listen to it on the radio on Fox Sports Las Vegas uh, with our uh, dynamic crew. Uh, looking forward to this one, the return of the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, let's uh, size up the series uh, for a little bit and go through the different key areas. Uh, who has the advantage, Winnipeg or Vegas? 
at forward? Oh, um, I like the depth of the Vegas Golden Knights. If you're looking top end, if you're looking at individual players that move the needle, I, I think you're, you you kind of look at the Winnipeg Jets, but top to bottom, 1 through 12, 1 through 13, however many forwards the Golden Knights are going to use in this series, I think with Mark Stone coming back into the fold and where the lines are at right now, I give the Golden Knights the edge in terms of their depth overall and the forwards. Yeah, Mark Scheifele. 40 goals this year. Yeah. Uh, third Winnipeg Jet in the Winnipeg era of that franchise. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk holds the record at, uh, at over 50. But the third Winnipeg Jet to score 40 goals, uh, that's impactful. They got to go on Connor uh, along with Patrick Liney, uh, former Winnipeg Jet, uh, can get it done on that. So, uh, yeah, the depth, like top to bottom, it mm-hmm. does go the Vegas Golden Knights. Winnipeg can hurt you on their top two lines. And they've got Shifley playing on the wing. That is to try and make it more responsible in their own zone. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing to do with scoring because uh, he's, he's done a lot of that. It's trying to protect him uh, and protect them uh, on the defensive side of it. So you're going uh, Vegas on the forward side of it. What about the blue line? Yeah, the blue line, I, you know, again, I, I kind of feel like it's a similar situation where I like the depth of the Golden Knights, one through six, one through seven, whatever you want to call it. I trust that this Golden Knights defense core is one of the deepest in the league, if not the deepest in the league. Um, I know that, you know, Josh Morrissey's getting a lot of love for the Norris Trophy right now, but, you know, after after Nor- after Morrissey and Pionk, I, I think that the Golden Knights certainly have the edge. So, again, I'm leaning on depth here. I think the Golden Knights have the advantage with defense. It's not even close. Yeah. And just look at the minute distribution as we go along in this series. As far as what Vegas is turning out and what the Winnipeg Jets are are having to lean on. Uh, In goal. So, I mean, this is, you know, you're going to look at what Connor Hellebuck has done historically throughout his career. He's a perennial Vezina Trophy finalist. Um, I think that, you know, you look at this, it's an advantage for the Winnipeg Jets. Now, that's not to say... Lorembrosois can't come in and equal or do the job he needs to do in order for the Golden Knights to win this series. But Connor Hellebuck, to me, stands above anyone else that's going to play in this series. So the, the Winnipeg Jets have the edge and goal. I'd have to hard time taking you seriously if you went in any other direction. And that's to you, to anybody uh, listening yeah. right now. Uh, the guy's the guy's been voted the best goaltender in, in the league in, in Connor Hellebuck. He played 64 games. He's a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grind of the Stanley Cup playoffs shouldn't get to him, providing he's healthy, although you do worry a little bit about being worn down at this stage of the season. But it, it's one of the most interesting goalie matchups that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. One guy's played 64 and is a Vezina Trophy winner. And the other guys made 10 starts and used to be the backup yeah. in the city that he's playing. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. But uh, I, I do uh, I, I like uh, what uh, Bressois can bring. He's a different goaltender than he was then. Uh, power play. So this one to me feels like a toss-up. Uh, you know, the Golden Knights had a better power play percentage. They were ranked higher in the regular season. I think Mark Stone coming back into the fold might tilt things a little bit for me toward the Vegas Golden Knights side. But when you look at the likes of, of Kyle Connor, who can absolutely fire the puck, and Mark Shifley and the offensive weapons that the Winnipeg Jets have, I almost feel like I want to lean slightly to the Winnipeg edge. So I guess I'm going to go slight edge to the Winnipeg Jets in, in terms of potential power play su- success. I think that there are the weapons there that they can go on a run. I'm refusing to give either one a tick. 
I didn't know we could sit on the fence. I just don't see the impact from either side, but I can see uh, a power play for Vegas getting hot like they did in December mm-hmm. when when everybody's going. So let's let's wait and see. That is a total wait and see on the power play yeah. from both teams. As you mentioned, uh, people love to dump on the Vegas power play, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they were better than the Winnipeg man advantage this year. Yeah, now – to be fair, a lot of that happened, and a lot of that came through that month of you know late November into December, December. where they were absolutely lights out on the Best power month play. ever. And Mark Stone was in the lineup and, and a big, big part of that. So, you know, I, I get what you're saying in that it's wait and see. Could the Golden Knights power play get hot? Yeah, absolutely, especially with Mark Stone coming back in the lineup. Could the Winnipeg Jets power play get hot? Yeah, I think so with the amount of players that they have, the offense ability that they have on on their man advantage I, I think that both can can get hot and both can be a non-factor in the series i shouldn't have actually phrased it as special teams because they do go together and mm-hmm. uh, it's tough to get into the penalty kill conversation after you've just talked about the the power play but winnipeg's pk mm-hmm. is, is top 10 yeah. in, in the national hockey league which will obviously have an effect on on what vegas does with the man advantage yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that if you're looking at the numbers from the regular season, it, it kind of leans heavily toward the Winnipeg Jets having a, a more prolific penalty kill. But, you know, I'll take the Golden Knights' ability to score shorthanded goals into account here. Uh, Vegas had 10 shorthanded goals on the year on their penalty kill. And I think when you've got William Carlson and Riley Smith working in tandem the opportunity to kind of turn a game on its head with a timely penalty kill or shorthanded goal is there for the Golden Knights, maybe a little bit more than the Winnipeg Jets. I think they're pretty even, um, but you know what? I, I think the Golden Knights have an ability to to change momentum with strong penalty kills. So all that to say, I think the edge in this series on, on, on the penalty kill will go to the Golden Knights. Intangibles. That could be coaching. That could be center ice face-off percentage uh, it could be discipline mm-hmm. uh, that you that you throw in there uh, chemistry I, I do believe is is Vegas but uh, that that gets into the weeds a little bit mm-hmm. it's, it's harder to to really decipher that you get Mark Stone back in the lineup I think expressive Mark Stone having your captain back in the fold the you know, the, how close this team is, the vibe right now, if you want to use that word surrounding the Golden Knights, I, I think from an intangibles perspective, um, there's a lot of goodwill with Vegas, I, I think, for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, you know, there's an understanding that we've talked about it, kind of the, the uncertainty of what it's going to look like in Winnipeg next season, which players are going to be around, what it, you know, what the makeup of this team's going to be. I think there's a couple of different ways that can play out for Winnipeg, but I'm going to go with the vibes of the Golden Knights right now. You go through the check marks that that uh, I've, I've talked to you and walked through the categories. Mm-hmm. Even series. It's an even series. Yeah, it's one versus eight in the Western Conference, but when you start evaluating things, it's closer than that suggests. The mm-hmm. matchup part of it in being a Western Conference number one seed against the second wild card. Here's one area where. There's not even, it's not even a close fight. Motivation from within. Mm -hmm. And I call it the Manitoba motivation. Okay. Well, you had Brett and Keegan and Mark uh, out there. Uh, Lauren 
uh, making uh, uh, his presence felt in a place uh, against a team that uh, that he was a part of for uh-huh. for for three years. Uh, Kelly, like uh, McCrimmon, like the all through the lineup and and the different players uh, that uh, that call Manitoba Homer have have ties to, to Manitoba. Zach Whiteclub uh, going uh, down the list. None of those guys want to hear anything about this series from a negative aspect sure. perspective. Yep. And trust me, the only reason I bring it up is because I'm hearing it. Yep. And I can't imagine if I'm hearing about it, what the level is that they're getting it mm-hmm. from their buddies or, or, or different people. Yeah, we like you, but they, they secretly do have their Jets jersey packed. And you don't want to hear anything about that. So that Manitoba motivation, I think, is also something that can spur you a little bit. I agree with that. I, I'm not from Manitoba, so I I don't know, but I, I will absolutely take your word for it. My buddies are bugging me right now. Are they really? Oh, Chirping you? It's amazing. It's non Oh, they're just they're bitching and complaining, oh. and they're, they're upset about this and that and throw it at uh, the <laughs> – just the world's against them, and Winnipeg's already got a complex, and because oh, I, what's that I, about? I know that because and we have an inferiority complex. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Why? Uh, I would have uh, never guessed yeah, that for yeah, you. Yeah, uh, we we always <laughs> as Manitobans we have yeah. an inferiority complex, but it's we're, friendly we're never, Manitoba. We're, we're never going to measure up to the big guys, and we always get the short end of the stick. Oh. They already have that, and now uh, with Vegas in first place, and that uh, it, it just adds to it. I'm sorry, uh, uh, but well, you should apologize. Really, do you, do you want a hug? So uh, does this does this Manitoba motivation extend the broadcasters too? Well, I know I'm confident. No, he's fired up. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. confident, but my my buddies are annoying me, and it's just I'm just ready to. Are you I'd cla- love to be able to how, how, to, how about your brother? Is your brother bothering you? My brother? No, no, you, no. He's, he's family. Family has no issue here. My father, my brother, hold they're, on, they're fully on board with the Vegas Golden Knights. Can you can you explain the difference between a buddy and a friend? Boing. A buddy and a friend? Yeah. A, a buddy's not as close. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's curious. It's not, I got I got four friends. I got five. You had five friends. One of them oh, dropped out. Brother. One's oh, my brother. Okay. Uh, I consider him uh, right there. It's, <laughs> right there. It's, he, he almost <laughs> has to be. Well, he's my twin. He's my roommate. Yeah. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll set up hour number two, which will be a shorter uh, hour due to the fact that the game is at 630 here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Kessel slows the progress towards the line. Kept in the zone by Stevenson. Left circle, centered, score! Barbashev at the back door. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Marcia so right side, feeds Eichel, opens up, he shoots, he scores! Oh, and a fake from Jack Eichel! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Sticks down, drop the puck, let's go. Looking forward to it. We're in Section 104, T-Mobile Arena, where the doors are going to open in just a little bit and bring the people in here. Or the rally towels are on the seats, so we're waiting for 18,000-plus to be at the Fortress for Game 1, Round 1. Vegas Golden Knights up against the Winnipeg Jets. 
for this best of seven series, games one and two here at the Fortress uh, tonight and Thursday before things uh, shift off, and then there's that two-day break between games four and five. Uh, let's get into uh, the series more in depth after we complete the quiz. Okay. The uh, the five players, and and I'm going to get Chapman to give me your guesses first. Okay. Because I've already got those, and I know for a fact what he's offered up. Five players have played in all 66 Vegas playoff games. Chapman, who are they? I went Shea Theodore, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, Riley Smith, William Carlson, and Braden McNabb. You are off the mark. Wow. What was it? Did you go with the same thing? Uh, I went Carlson, Marcheseau, Smith, McNabb, Carrier. All right. So, Marcheseau, you both had, right? Yes. Ding. That's right. Yeah. William Carlson. Correct. Mm-hmm. Riley Smith, mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. And you guys had Shea Theodore mm-hmm. in there. Well, Chapman did. All right. Chapman also had McNabb. Did you have McNabb? I yes, had McNabb we both and did. Carrier. All right. McNabb and Carrier are not correct. Wow. Wow. Okay. Hmm. So Theodore is correct. Yes, Theodore right. is correct. So we're missing one. Missing one. So Carlson, Marcheseau, Smith, Theodore. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, I love it when I can stump. One you more, guys. eh? Oh, All right, wait a minute. Wait, someone, someone who's no longer on the team, but they were there the first four years. Chapman, that's, that's well a done, smart Chapman. Play. Chapman, I give you credit. You get the extra bonus point. Yeah, but I don't know who uh, it is. Alex Tuck. Oh, Tuck. oh I thought on. about Tuck too. That is. <laughs> that's cheeky. That is. That's a good. That's a good trivia question. That though. is one of the best things you've ever done. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I salute you, Darren. That is no that Manitoba high inferiority complex. No. That was the greatest. Greatest question you've ever asked on this. You not, came uh, through in the clutch. Part of my uh, my notes uh, from uh, stats uh, Stan uh, <laughs> Niratka uh, gives us uh, those all the time. So after tonight, it will be down to four. Vegas Golden Knights have appeared in every playoff game for the uh, for the franchise. In Carlson, Smith, Theodore, and Marcheseau <clears throat> will all play tonight. There's seven Winnipeg Jets who are part of the series back in 1718. Huh. That uh, and there will not be seven uh, the next time. I can guarantee that based <laughs> on uh, all the rumors going on around uh, with this team. So Vegas against the the Winnipeg Jets game one tonight. Uh, we've got Jack Eichel making his playoff debut. Mark Stone coming back uh, for the first game in three months. Uh, Lauren Bressois is going to make his first Stanley Cup playoff start. Mm-hmm. What's the most important aspect for the Vegas Golden Knights tonight? I mean, to me, it's... I think Lauren Brossois just being comfortable in the moment. And, and I know a lot of attention is going to be paid to Jack Eichel for sure, but I think a lot of it's going to have to be Lauren Brossois just kind of seizing this opportunity and not allowing... Game one of the playoffs, his first National Hockey League start in the postseason. I think not allowing that moment to be too big. I don't think it will be. I think the Golden Knights will play pretty structured in front of him. But, you know, there will be nerves. It's it's natural to kind of have that emotion and that feeling going into this game. So 
Brossois settling in and being the guy that we saw through the 10 games that he started in the regular season, I think that's the most important thing. Connor Hellebuck is an amazing goaltender, uh, but uh, if they go side to side, you can take advantage of him. Uh, Lauren Brossois, one of five goaltenders ever to have minimum 10 starts, and so he just uh, makes that great. Yep. To have a points percentage of 850 and a save percentage of uh, over 920. Yeah. He gets that done. Uh, points percentage right at 850, save percentage at 927. Uh, others uh, on that list, Linus Allmark this year. Mm-hmm. So two of the five <laughs> are this year. Uh, Andrew Hammond, Ray Emery, and Jean-Sebastian uh, Oban uh, had a great run. Great run with Toronto one year and actually screwed up their draft uh, <laughs> position uh, because of it. There's people all over. Uh, let's get uh, to Bruce Cassidy. He met with the media today and uh, started it off because he's got this great uh, hype video where he's like, let's go. I was in the room yesterday, so we were doing this uh, this thing for NHL uh, uh network and yeah. uh, he had to uh, answer a couple of these questions that I was asking at the very end he gave the let's go and it scared me and that was uh, that was what he was at well I wasn't expecting it I was looking down and he did that and uh, Garrett and India we were all like what, what? Uh, and it almost knocked me off so yeah. the first question he was asked was about the hype video here's Bruce Cassidy this morning at City National Arena pardon me did you see that all right, let's go. I think we're all excited. I'd say both teams are probably in the same boat. Um, they clinched late and you know want to get started as well. Um, so yeah, I think it, like I said, we just want to get going and see what how it's going to play out and live the process. Right, it's playoff hockey and. You know, there's a lot of highs and lows. We saw that in some games last night, you know. Um, so we want to be part of that. You mentioned the games last night. Is there anything you can learn in terms of maybe just how, how things are being officiated? Yeah, I think there was lots of power plays. They were a big influence. I think it ended up being almost – teams were almost 30% on the power play last uh, last night. So um, I think the officials will try to establish a standard. I believe they always do. And then as it goes, they hope that you reach it so that there's less fouls called. That's typically my experience, so I don't see it being any different from last night. Probably the same tonight throughout the league. Um, you're going to see some nasty hits they're going to be talked about. That's normal, too, for playoff hockey. Um, some comebacks, some, you know, just a lot of different things. So that's what makes it great. Um, but that's what I took from last night, that you're never out of it. L.A. proved that. I went right down to the wire. So you got to keep playing. And um, and then the, the next part of that is for them, as I heard you know the coach say it one of the coaches you got to turn the page win or lose you got to turn the page and get ready for your next game so you don't you don't tend to enjoy it for very long that's the highs and lows of it yeah you know will's news originally was not great um but he's progressed well and another guy that could join us um Again, uh, you know, good job for our medical people to get him up to speed. One thing about Will, he's a very, very well-conditioned athlete, so that was not going to be an issue if there was any conditioning involved with it. So he won't – that shouldn't be a big drop-off for him. Um, it's just a matter of will he be cleared. And he's with us now, right? So I've always said that. That's close. The next step is, you know, take some contact, see if you're ready. So we'll see. How it gets exciting is that we, we haven't had that very often, so you're going way back 
to the start of the year, and I thought our team was very good in, the, in those situations when we had everyone at our disposal. So it'd be nice to get it all back again. But as I said, Winnipeg's going to have a lot to say about that. I mean, they're they're healthy as well for the most part. Um, so we'd love to have Will back to have the opportunity at least, you know, see how it looks. <clears throat> Well, there's a lot of that. The rush game was tilted heavily in our favor. You know, you're going back and watch it, and then the analytics prove that. So that was a good thing for us. You know, we're trying to, it's been our mantra all year, is try not to give up those odd man rushes and then play fast enough that you're creating with your natural talent. So we'd love to have the advantage in that. But we know that, you know, Winnipeg's changed a bit from maybe you guys would know them better. If I'm going from the East over the years, you think of the line rush with Shifley. Wheeler, Connor, and it was Line A at the time, the scoring, doing a lot of damage on the power play and on the rush. I think they've tilted a little more this year into that low to high, get it to the net with their bottoms, the Lowry's, the Nita Riders of the world, their bigger bodies getting in there. So that's where we're going to have to be mindful of it. And, and, and in order to do that, take away some of that, if you force them to go 200 feet all the time, um, maybe they're fatigued trying to break pucks out so they don't have as much energy in your end. So it's puck management, play behind them. It's been our formula all year. We've done that well. It's opened everything else up. It's good. Now, now we draw some penalties because they lose, they lose their gaps. You know, now our rush game does get going because we do have speed and there's ice in front of the D instead of behind. So that'll be our game plan. It's worked well for us. I don't think there's any secrets of teams that have watched us. When we've done that well. We've had good balance. <clears throat> Yeah, and you can do all this prep work, and then the, the game, you know what I mean? Tomorrow we wake up, and it's like, oh, this, you know what I mean? You, here we're already adjusting, and they would probably say the same, right? So, yeah, so you want to get going. As I said, for us, you know, Ghost, we rolled into game 82 with our full lineup. Whoever was available was playing. We didn't rest anybody that needed, you know, that was completely healthy, other than a healthy scratch, right? So, for us, we didn't have that maybe break before. So the f extra day is not necessarily a bad thing for how we our lineup played out to end the year. If you had been resting guys the last week and now you got to wait four more days, I think that's where you know it can work against you. So I'm hoping that's the case for us because we played right to the bitter end and had to win the last game to get to position we were in. That that the extra day will be fine for us. <clears throat> Yeah, yes. Now you're getting a bit of the vibe of it last night, even though you're a spectator. I know coaches are like that. I don't even know how much the players watch, to be honest. They'd, they'd have to – probably playoffs, right? It's completely different. Regular season, I can ask them, like, did you watch the game last night? What do you mean? You're talking, uh, you know, the Raiders and the Pats or what? You know what I mean? Like, they're not really in the same zone we're in. So, But in the playoffs, I would like to think a lot of the guys did at least – because there's so many games on and storylines too, so – uh, check in on, on one or two of them. I suspect Edmonton and L.A. would be the one they'd, they'd probably tune into first. So, uh, yes, that can help. Help. You know, they, they've got friends around the league, too. They, you know what I mean? So that, that part of it does get, well, it's for everybody, right? So it's all four t or eight teams tonight. Vegas Golden Knights and Winnipeg Jets. That's uh, Golden Knights head coach Bruce Cassidy, who will coach his first playoff game as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights, coming off a 51 
win season uh, behind the bench uh, this time around. Back-to-back 50 win seasons uh, going back to his days with Boston. Uh, and he's going to uh, hopefully know a little bit more about his team now than he did when he coached uh, at the start of the season, that game in Los Angeles in which they were able to, to pull out in, in the late going. But this is another bit of a learning curve as they dip their toe into the meaningful part of the season. It sure is. And I think the, the good news, I think, for the Golden Knights is that you've got a lot of guys that have a ton of playoff experience, a lot of guys in that locker room that have won at the highest level, the Alec Martinez, the, the Alex Petrangelos, the, the players that that you can really lean on. Jonathan Quick brings that experience in, in knowing what it takes to win. Ivan Barbashev. Ivan Barbashev, you're absolutely right there. So uh, Phil Kessel times yeah. two. So you have that to lean on, and I think for you know some of the younger players or the players that are kind of going through this through this for the first time, specifically Jack Eichel, to be surrounded by all of that knowledge it should be helpful. Now, you don't know what you don't know until you learn, right? Until you, you go through it for the first time. And I think for Bruce Cassidy, the same can be said about this team and how they're going to respond game one of the playoffs. Who's a bigger mystery going into this game? Eichel or Stone? I would say Jack Eichel just because he has not played playoff hockey in the in the National Hockey League yet. Mark Stone has. Mark Stone has been fantastic in playoffs before. I know that, you know, you're, you're kind of wondering how he's going to be, what level of Mark Stone are you going to get off of the injury, but more than anything, I think that Mark Stone does understand what the difference is between playoff hockey and regular season hockey, and that's a, a learning curve that Jack Eichel is going to get tonight. Eichel comes into this game on a heater, uh, carries over from the regular season. It won't count as a point streak, but he's got uh, points in nine straight games, uh, one goal and 11 assists. And Chandler Stevenson has also really picked up his production uh, late in the regular season. He had the team uh, lead in points in April uh, with, uh, with a strong finish to the regular season. And you fact that in with William Carlson, what he was able to do down the stretch. You got uh, some real good slots going, uh, adding in Nick Watt on uh, the center position both goaltenders uh, that are going to start this game were extremely stingy in the final five games so uh, Connor Hellebuck was four and one and Lauren Bersois was five and oh so that's the uh, game that's coming up tonight uh, our focus just want to touch on some other action in uh, the National Hockey League uh, four games uh, starting uh, last night the LA Kings upended the Edmonton Oilers uh, with a third period comeback that set the stage for some overtime drama boy what do you think the Oiler fan is going through today well, they're pretty upset about penalties. Um, that's for sure. They're upset about the call, um, the the tripping penalty that put the Kings on the power play in the overtime period that, that won the game. Uh, listen, your team had a 3-1 lead in the third period. You can blame penalties all you want to, but the fact of the matter is the Edmonton Oilers didn't get it done defensively, and Stuart Skinner didn't come up with the save when you needed it. Now, that's overly critical i know but you got to give a lot of credit to the los angeles kings for going in there without gabe velarde without kevin fiala the question was could they score enough they found four goals against Stuart skinner in a game where they did not play particularly well in the first 20 minutes it's a big win for the for the kings especially since it looks like they're getting gabe velarde back for game two. Oh, the irony of the edmonton oilers getting victimized uh, on a penalty situation with their power play of this year. Uh, Islanders, a fault of the Hurricanes. Uh, not much happened in that game. The Hurricanes were, were really good uh, yeah, last they were. night. It was a 2-1 win. Uh, I, Islanders would be happy to play that type of game, looking for the extra goal, but they, at times this year, just couldn't score at all. Yeah. Uh, and the Panthers fell to the Boston Bruins uh, last night uh, by a count of 3-1 as the Bruins get through some ill health 
and still pick up a, a victory to open up the series. There was a lot of fireworks in Dallas last night between the Stars and the Wild. Uh, big hit uh, that uh, Matt Dumba laid on Joe Pavelski. We originally called a major. They rescinded that uh, and dropped it down to a minor. Of Pavelski didn't return. And the Dallas Stars lose in double overtime in that game in which Dallas was really good. Yeah. Yeah, they were fantastic. They were the better team. I, I don't think it was particularly close, to be honest with you. But as these things tend to go, the Dallas Stars just could not find a way to break through um, over the final two and a half, three periods of that game. And it's a mistake. It's kind of a turnover, a broken play. And Ryan Hartman, who really gutted it out, injured in the game, did not go back, kind of gutted through it finds the puck and he's able to beat Jake Ottinger who had a really really strong game so that one's going to be a series and it's going to be a series where no matter what winner or loser you're going to be bruised and bloodied by the end of it. Minnesota found a way to win that game it was a fortunate balance it yeah. was uh, yeah. on, on the winning goal. Uh, action tonight Tampa Bay against Toronto rematch from a year ago and Tampa has the lead in this game as uh, they are still early on, but uh, it's late in the first period yeah. with a 2 nothing Tampa advantage. Yeah, um, all, I, all I'm going to say about this is I should have known better. I should have known better. I picked the Leafs. I had them in my bracket challenge, um, and I just do not understand why I keep doing this myself. Listen, I get it. It's one period. It's game one. You shouldn't overreact to this situation. But by all accounts, it's the Leafs and, and some jitters in their game, and I just don't really understand that. This is a team that's been there. This is a team that took Tampa to Game 7 last year. I just, I, I know you look at it and the Tampa Bay Lightning are vulnerable here, but it's the Leafs, and, and it's it's the Leafs, Darren. Well, it, it's great drama. I have a hard time believing that Tampa's got enough left in the tank with some of the players that are beat up <laughs> and just going so deep the last, uh, last three years to pull this out but mm -hmm. it, if you want storylines and drama and fan fatigue and upset <laughs> people uh that that's the the perfect storm for you uh, the devils trail the new york rangers early on in that opener uh in new jersey tonight it's a two nothing vladimir tarasenko gave the new york rangers the lead chris Kreider has yep. added to it so uh, a little bit of their depth and uh, the players that have been around but the trade deadline acquisition not the guy that everybody's looking at and patrick kane but yep. the, the first uh, star acquisition in uh, vladimir tarasenko so i feel like the devils will be okay in this series i, I still like the devils to win just because I don't know. There's something about a young team that doesn't really know what they're getting themselves into going on a run that I think would be really fun for the league. I like Jack Hughes. I think the world of him as a player. So I'd love to see the Devils kind of go on a bit of a run here. Give them a game. Give them some time to kind of get their feet wet, understand what this experience is all about. And I think even if they don't come back in this game or push the issue here, they'll learn some things going into game two. I heard somebody say that if the New Jersey Devils just play like kids – they'll be fine if they try and play like a stanley cup veteran team and mm -hmm. go through all of those motions you'll never be able to measure up to the to yeah. the new york rangers if you're just young and free yeah and, and which goes against everything coaches want <laughs> young and free sure yeah but it it does it did resonate with me that type of logic yeah, I think for this team and the Devils, that, that makes the most sense. But you also have to trust your goaltending to be better at the end of the day if you're going to play young and free. And, and I think for the Devils, 
they have enough firepower, but you know Igor Shosturkin is 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 a different level than what you've got in net. If you're the Devils, it'll be interesting to see how the series unfolds. Uh, later on tonight, it's the Seattle Kraken, their playoff debut as a franchise in Denver to take on the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, who began defense of their title one a year ago. On f- first glance. It doesn't seem like Colorado should have much of a challenge here, Mm -hmm. but I like the way Seattle plays, and it's very similar to what Winnipeg's going to see tonight, that just a four-check in waves and so fast. And I I think this series, if Seattle gets any type of goaltending, Mm -hmm. this could be a highly competitive series, and getting out of that first round, despite being a division winner against a wild card, is going to be a challenge for Colorado. I agree with you. It might seem strange that I do, but I do. I still think the Colorado Avalanche will win this series, but bold prediction or bold take, whatever you want to call it, in our positivity alley bracket challenge, I took the Seattle Kraken over the Colorado Avalanche. I did for that very reason. I think you got Colorado, even though Kale McCarr's scheduled to play, I don't think he's going to be 100%. And if you've got Seattle pushing the pace, if you've got them bought in and they're really furious on the forecheck, I think they can create enough disruption and I think they can score enough. It's just about whether or not they're going to get the goaltending to carry them through a seven-game series. Chapman, let's bring you in here. Uh, I want to talk to the fan and get an idea of where your gut is going into game one, T-Mobile Arena. The Fortress Faithful ready for the return to the Stanley Cup playoffs by the Vegas Golden Knights against the Winnipeg Jets. Are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you happy just to be back in the Stanley Cup playoffs after a year away? What are you feeling? Well, obviously there's happiness, and but but there's also some nerves, right? Because we we you cannot underestimate the Winnipeg Jets by any stretch, and I don't foresee this team doing that. I don't think Bruce Cassidy will allow this group of players to underestimate the Winnipeg Jets. But, yeah, there's, there's got to be a little nervousness, but I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. What I, The other thing I'm, I'm really looking forward to is I think Jet fans will travel, so I think it'll be a pretty lively atmosphere inside the arena with two really good fan bases. I think there will be a, a, a pretty decent chunk of Winnipeg Jet fans in the fortress, so I think it'll be fun. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, But the thing I'm really looking forward to the most is what we see in the pregame. Like I I, I, I cannot oh, wait. I cannot yes. wait to see was it was it Tyler Ferreira? Yeah. What he has set up for for this game because I, I, I don't know how you top a jet being sliced in half, but Darren Ryan, I uh-huh. think the this is the the best in the business, these guys. They're gonna do it. They're gonna find a way to top slicing a jet in half. What a difference between the two conferences and the favorite factor. Boston against Florida. Yeah. I know it's President's Trophy winners the last two years facing each other. But Boston off that epic uh, regular season. And, and then you've got Vegas, who I think are, un, if you can call a, a conference winner under the radar, mm-hmm. it, it would be this Vegas Golden Knights team. But more so than the preseason going into the, the regular schedule, I think have a should have a chip on their shoulder fighting for a little bit more respect. You know, I, I, I kind of felt that way too, that that there's a lack of respect being given towards this team, and, and I, I, I don't think they talk about it to us, but I think in the room they probably feel a little disrespected. I'll say this. The Golden Knights have done their best work when they've got a chip on their shoulder, so I like it for this team. Despite the fact 
that they're tops in the Pacific Division and that they are the best team in the Western Conference. I think you give this team a, a little bit of doubt, they'll run with it. 702-876-1340. Call now. Be the ninth caller. We will put you in the draw for two tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights and Winnipeg Jets play game number two on Thursday night, and you will automatically win a two-foot sub from Porta Subs. 702-876-1340. Call now. Ninth caller wins. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The pregame show's up next.